Welcome to The Finer Things. I'm Lisa and this is Wes. We are podcasting from the Cigar Lodge in Akron, Ohio, the private members only lounge. Coincidentally, Lisa just got her locker here. I bit the bullet. At the Cigar Lodge. So if you're interested in coming to the Cigar Lodge, definitely come in, talk to Doug. Ask him for the tour, and that's... Uh, ask you him, get all kinds of goodies. Yeah, ask him for the locker. Now, last time we were discussing uh, Lisa's trip to Scotland and how she was traveling, and she was going over the different, uh, the distillery process of how you make yep. scotch. And this is part two right. of the Scotland experience. Right, and this is uh, because she she spent, just to recap, and that way mm-hmm. she's got some time to smoke her cigar here. Uh, and she's on, uh, she's still on, she's still smoking a cigar it's very delicious. It smelled uh, very, very nice. It looks smooth. And it, it is. It is. The aroma from the cigar is permeating our room here. And, and I'm through the first third. It's definitely taken on more of a rum kind of a... The rum is coming out of it. I've, which I, is an odd pairing with a scotch. And I, Well, I can't disagree with that. I, I'm finishing my Rocky Patel Connecticut, Connecticut Vintage of 1999. Very smooth. Uh, still a little warm because it's about the bottom third. Uh Last uh, time we were speaking, we were speaking about the vats and how we had the head, the heart, and the tail end yes. uh, for the scotch and how it kind of was a circular uh, situation where yep. we're only using the heart and then it goes uh, the other head and the tail. Get being reused. Be reused because we're creating the heart of the scotch. Yep. And uh, we had left out on the gubbit portion where the, uh, the distillery, it's locked down. I mean, it's a secure facility here. And it's and, locked down because those, at that stage, it's tax-free. So they don't want the distilleries coming in and saying, well... <laughs> it's all tax-free. <laughs> we're just going to hide this little barrel over to the side, sure. and it's tax-free, and we can make a few extra bucks off of this. Because God forbid somebody not oh, pay their fair God. share. I mean, that's... <laughs> God bless Europe. I do love it. They enjoy taxing. Yeah, well, so. yeah for sure. Their tax rates are well above where we're used to them. So, especially now here at the beginning of the year where you're uh, getting ready to file those taxes. Now, Crap. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, so the, the tax man has the key to the padlock here for the yep. the vault, if you will. For, for this, the safe. It's called it's the safe. It's called the safe. And this is the liquid that will be scotch. And this is what... Uh, has been created. This is where a little bit of the artistry has come to ma- come to play for the master distillers. Right, because they're the ones that make the call. Even at Glenfiddich, it's set up to automatically switch from when when the scotch switches from the head to the heart and from the heart to the tail. It's set to automatically recognize that's going to happen at this particular stage in the process based on the vat is this big and Math, we've done this enough times. Based on the maths. But the master distiller is sitting there in that room and he's got ultimate last call of saying, no, we're, not, control. we're not doing it yet. We've got more heart left. We're not switching over to the tail. 
And then when he's ready, he's the one that makes the call and says, and now. Boom. He pulls the trigger. So we're... And the little spout goes from the bucket that dumps into the heart to the bucket that dumps into the tail. So that's part of where the artistry comes in. Because that call can by each master distiller, and as I'm sure Lisa has witnessed through her circular travel through Scotland, because yep. she was there for eight days and traveled mm-hmm. in a very large circle, starting at Inverness and Macallan and Glenfiddich and all that stuff. Um, so she, this is, you know, and every distiller is different. So they, when they yep. pull that trigger and they make the spout go from one place to yes. another, can be different from everybody. Yes. So we're, that's where we're at the process. What happens next after the sale? It go the heart spirits go into barrels. Obviously, at this point, we've talked about the barrels in the last episode. The barrels have already been made by the Speyside Cooperage, and um, the Cooperage, not a chicken coop. Nope, it is not. And they go into the barrels. That's where Scotch gets its color is from the wood, from the charring of the wood, not just the charring, but the wood itself. I mean, sure. kind of everything weighs into this, and that's what gives it the color. And these are good old bourbon barrels from typically, the, typically the United States of America. God bless America. So that's uh, that's why we have a unique relationship with England and the United Kingdom. Uh, that's super funny because you know, as the old joke goes, uh, we all, everybody has to thank England because without the United Kingdom. Uh, nobody would have an Independence Day because That's true. Our, all of our Independence Days always revolve around becoming independent from the United Kingdom. Thank so, you for the hamburgers, uh, England. So, yeah, so that's kind of what, what happens there. I mean, India, Australia, the United States, Canada, I mean, a litany of countries. But uh, so, yeah, this is so that's where we are in the process. Now, uh, again, the artistry is coming into play. What happens next? It sits. For a minimum of three years, it is, sits. So the, the what we've been talking about is the heart, this liquid, is then put in the barrels and then sealed. Yep. And then that's that barrel is then transported to the warehouse. Yep. Okay. So the, it or wherever yeah. they're going to be stored. Yeah. And when you uh, watch these warehouses or these storage facilities, were they typically above ground? Were they underground? Was there some combination? They're right there on the same level, but they're thick walls. It's typically cold in there. Humidity controlled, because as we discussed, the angel share is when the uh, barrel releases. I mean, it's like... Evaporation. Right. Evaporation. It's like the air in your tire. You got to keep air in your tire, and eventually your tires will go flat if you never put any air in them. I mean, it's the same kind of uh, process, because these barrels are not... Uh, sealed they're not vacuum sealed so right. evaporation does occur so to minimize and control this mm-hmm. which in turn would control the color the taste the quality everything um, and that's why you always that's why i was curious as to were these below ground were they sure. above ground because obviously this all goes into play oh so, yeah um so the other thing i want to touch on is i had talked in the last episode about there's three ingredients that go into scotch which are Barley, water, yeast. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, you're sitting at home, you've tried a few scotches, you're not a scotch virgin, and you're saying, but wait a minute. But you, wait, there's more. There's more. You guys have reviewed a peaty scotch. Where in the world does the peatiness come from? So, 
A lot of the peaty scotches tend to be from the Islay. We pronounce it Islay. Right, Islay is the, and we're going to spell that for you because... I-S-L-A-Y. And you would have never gotten that unless you knew what was going on. Or you're smart. I would have never gotten that unless... You're smart. And that essentially means island. So I did not tour the islands. That's a whole, at least one day in itself, because the way the ferries run over there, you have to take a ferry to get to the islands. And the times when they leave, you could get over there and you could get back in one day, but you would not have time to tour any distilleries, let alone all of them. And that's where you got Lafrague. That's where you got Lagavulin. 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 A personal favorite here. Absolutely. And again, Lisa was only there for eight days, so she knew. Uh, well, I don't know. I want to speculate. Lisa will tell us here. I didn't know. I tried to get over there and just figured out there's no way this is going to happen. But you did, in essence, you did the appetizer. You teased yourself mm-hmm. because you knew that you were going to explore these various different regions. You knew that you were going to explore the various different distilleries, and you knew for a certainty that you were coming back. And that's really, I don't know if I knew you, that. Well, you're going back. I mean, that, you, I don't know if gave, I knew that. You gave yourself this little taste, and you're like, you know what? This is what I like. And part of the finer things yeah. here is that when you know yourself and you know what you like, because mm-hmm. everybody's got a hobby. Uh, you know, I, our, my hobbies include drinking scotch and smoking cigars, and so. Obviously, Lisa, that's one of the things uh, Lisa and I have in common. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's practice, why I hang out with this pra- dude. Practicing law on the side, really. Um, but you're, you were over there, you knew what was going on, and then at the, I'm sure towards the end of the trip, you were like, I am, I know what I'm doing when I come back next time. Oh, yeah. Because you've done Oh, that, God, you, yeah. You saw what you wanted to see, and you, you experienced it. Because the first time you do anything, invariably you're going to miss something, and that's okay. That's part of the process. Right. I knew it was a teaser. I knew it was an appetizer. Wes just cut a new cigar. Want to tell us what it is? Absolutely. I'm doing another Rocky Patel. It's Rocky Patel Day for the West Man. Uh, it's the Rocky <laughs> Patel Royale, or Royal, depending on you are. And I've got the uh, Calibri Cutter, obviously. You can hear the clank right there. But I've got the Rocky Patel Royale. Uh, Rocky Patel had an event here. This is the Toro size. We had a uh, uh, the cigar lodge here in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Had a uh, Rocky Patel, who I met, very nice guy, and uh, the Rocky, the Patel. Rocky Patel, the one that uh, whatnot, the man. And I believe that Lisa has a very uh, gift, um, a trade, if you will, uh, for the scotch that she brought back for me uh, from her Scotland trip here. Yeah, she before she left, she was like, "Do you want me to bring you back anything?" I go, "Yeah, scotch." <laughs> And I, I knew he wanted scotch. <laughs> I was asking what kind. And there was only one requirement, I think, that I gave to her. And that requirement was bring back something that you couldn't get here in the States and that represented high quality. And that's, you know, she did a very wonderful job of that. So, um, but yeah, so she, so you had, Lisa, you had the opportunity, to, again, to go over there. Yeah. And you saw this silly. So we're right now in the process. What are we opening here? I am opening, I hope. I caught that on the mic because that was a beautiful was sound. It is Tomaton. It's a, um, let me see if I can find the year on this. She's reading it. It's the Legacy. The Legacy. Bourbon and Virgin Oak Casks. Now, Virgin, you got to be careful because you got all the newness of the wood and it's. Right, because in the barrels, 
if it's a new barrel, I'll give her some time here to yep, pour herself please. in the glass. And the newness of the barrels, again, as we're talking, as you pour the liquid into the barrel, because that's the product where we are. And this is a very light color. I mean, my God, it this is. is... very oak look, because oak is a very light wood. And the uh, smell is also really light. It's, it's Agreed. Yeah, it is very light. And then uh, what will happen is, uh, again, because we're, we're dealing with oak casks that are new, they're brand new, they're, they don't have... All they the, haven't been bourbon barrels. And all the impurities of the wood. Because every tree is different. Every plant yes. can be different. Uh, and so every barrel will be different. So you've got this situation where uh, the when she says virgin, virgin uh, casks here, uh, there might be impurities. And that will be imparted into the scotch. Yes. So Absolutely. She is cutting a cigar. I am. My last one, it's still... It's getting into really beautiful flavors. Unfortunately, the outer wrapper of it is starting to come apart. And so it's getting kind of hard to smoke without it just disintegrating in my hands. She's hard on cigars. She's hard I'm, on cigars. I'm a rough girl. So that's how that works. So she's going to cut that. This so, is a Perdomo Champagne Perdomo. 10th Anniversary. It's a beautiful wrapper on it. One of my personal favorite cigars right there is the Perdomo. Uh, that's one of the cigars that I always take to events and I always give to people. So if you know me and you get a cigar, that's more than likely the cigar you're going to get <laughs> uh, right there because I do enjoy them. Um, they're very smoky. And uh, this is a little shorter one. And they do, they're very smoky. Um, so that's it's really the only downside to it. Um, so we finished the process where the uh, scotch has gone into the barrel i mean we, seriously at that point it's just sit and wait we're just waiting and that and that's the hardest part is because we like we talked about um to make 25 year old scotch you've got to wait 25 years now so that is one thing we need to talk about when you've got a 10 year old scotch that does not mean that that scotch has been sitting in the same exact barrel for 10 years what it means is that they call it marrying and you've got different scotches that all of them are minimum of 10 years. You might have one that's 25 years old. You might have one that is 10 years old. It means that everyone that's gone into that is at least 10 years. But each one, because each barrel is going to be slightly different, they take them and they put them in a big marrying tub and blend them together. And this is very, very important because there are some blended scotches. Well, this is not a blended scotch. Correct. It's I, considered single malt. Right, and that's and we're going to get to that in a moment here. I've got, I just lit the Rocky Patel here, the Royale, dark wrapper, uh, oh. very, got a little nutty to it, very strong. And I just lit the Perdomo Champagne, and I see why this is one of Wes's favorites. It's, um... Smooth. Oh, God. It's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Kind That pause, that pause right there, that's... That's how you can tell. I'm that. from Oklahoma. We downplay everything, and the more we downplay it, the more impressed we are. So, kind of nice means, damn. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's pretty fine. Right. So, so right. So, we're marrying the barrels together here because, obviously, you've got, uh, because it will be very difficult just to bottle everything from the same uh, barrel. Now, there are some folks who will, again, as previously discussed, uh, you can buy a barrel of scotch. You, sure. That is something that you can do. You can buy practically anything you want. Right. That's the beautiful part about this earth is that you can buy anything you want if you've got the money. And 
you can buy a barrel and you can talk to the distiller and say, listen, I want you to bear to to bottle everything in this uh, barrel after a certain amount. They right. are um, one of the things that I'm going to do for my daughters. Uh, they were just buy them a barrel of scotch. I'm not going to buy them a barrel of okay. scotch because that's just. I hope they Incorrect. like it. I, I, hope they, I hope they like it first of all. But they were born in a year, and I know what year that was. And when they get older, hopefully at their, uh, you know, at their crowning achievement, uh, I will get them a bottle of scotch that recognizes that year. Oh, and nice! That'll be a memento from Dad to say, "Hey, you know, if the, that's why they got to like scotch, because if they don't like scotch, it's not going to work." And, and some folks yeah. do this. The vintners do it with wine. I got a friend. Uh, of mine, his uh, his folks make wine, and they um, they bought uh, wine to make for their uh, daughter's wedding. Nice. And she hasn't been married yet, so it's still obviously uh, in the process. So it's kind of that theory. So Wes doesn't know this yet, but eventually we're going to make our own scotch on this podcast and walk you through the process, and it's going to be <laughs> atrocious. And you'll have to wait a minimum of three years. For the results. And that's the thing. you got to wait that three years. And so we're marrying the scotch now. And that, you're blending, but you're not blending. So I like Johnny Walker. And Johnny Walker is a blended scotch. Right. And there are, again, we've talked about this. There's very specific rules. So you're the expert on blended scotches. I don't really do them. Because even with wine... I want a single type of grape because I want to know and I want to get really in-depth on what does a Pinot Noir taste like? What can I expect from that? What does a Tempranillo, what does a Carmenere taste like? You want to be an expert in that specific blend. And not blend, but that type of that grape. And so I and don't grape. want to blend with the scotches, I want to experience, well, okay, what does a Tomatin taste like? What does an Androdower taste like? I don't want a Johnny Walker, which they got stuff from other distilleries. So sure. you talk for a minute about the blended scotches, because right. you're more of an expert than I am on that. Right. So the Johnny Walker, I mean, is the classic blended scotch. And what they'll do is they have various different scotches, and they'll um, they don't have a year attached to it. So everybody knows the Johnny Walker Blue. Um, so the, the rank order of the Johnny Walkers, it goes Johnny Walker Red. Those are all the young scotches. Johnny Walker Black. Then you've got Double Black. Then you've got Green. Johnny Walker Gold. And then you've got a Platinum, which is, a, which is kind of a, uh, I want to say like a special edition gold. And then you've got the grandest of them all, the Johnny Walker Blue. Um, and I believe the Johnny Walker Blue is everything over 25 years. Nice. And so the scotches that are blended within Johnny Walker are have aged a minimum of 25 years. But as Lisa's about to explain to us what the difference is between a blended scotch, which doesn't have a year on the bottle. Right. Whereas the single malts that we've been tasting thus far all have a year. For instance, she's have, she has the Tomatin. Tomatin. And that is how old? I don't know. So she's got I didn't find a year on this, which means it it's a minimum of three. Sure. It's not a blended. Okay, so, so is this a, the you, blended ones, Johnny Walker gets their stuff from other distilleries. And maybe the other distilleries have said, you know what, this does not taste, it went in the barrel, it sure. doesn't taste like our normal product. We want the consistency 
And so we're going to sell off this particular barrel to someone else, like Johnny Walker. And they take it, and they're going more for a flavor rather than a year. Correct, a consistency. Yes. Right, so you buy a Johnny Walker, a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, it will taste the same as the Johnny Walker Blue today in 2019. And I've had Johnny Walker Blue as early as 2003. And I can assure the crowd that over the last 15 plus years, the taste of Johnny Walker has not changed. <laughs> now, I will say there is a Johnny Walker, White Walker, honoring the Game of Thrones. Yeah, they can. You put the bottle in the freezer and it pops up with the words, winter is here. And Correct. I'm going to get a bottle of it. It's dirt cheap. I've had a bottle. Have you? I've had it. Uh, What's your thoughts? Over the uh, Christmas holiday. It's cheap, so. With my family. My, it can't my, be. My dad bought a bottle of it uh, to share with the family. I brought uh, a bottle of uh, Johnny Walker Green because that's what my dad mm. really likes. The green is very smooth and it's very. Your dad's uh, a good man. Price. Uh, it's a good price point, too. Sure. So it, nobody will ever argue if you show up to a party with the right crowd, uh, yeah. with a bottle of Johnny Walker Green, at least with the people that I know. Um, so with the blended, when we're marrying the scotches of the barrels together, mm-hmm. when does it cease to be a single malt and become a blend? Did you learn that while you were touring Scotland? When you're combining bottles or barrels from different distilleries. If you've got it from the same distillery, it's a single malt. So that's an important. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna I have, believe. We're gonna have a test. I later. believe. <laughs> well, no, you learn, so we've got no reason not to. Trust well, you. to a certain degree, I didn't tour Johnny Walker. All of the places where I toured, it's single malt distilleries. Right, you went to the single malt only. Because that's what I'm drawn to. Sure, and that's okay. If you, again, part of the finer things is you got to know what you like, and. Well. Okay, so it's not so much about that's what I like, because I love the Johnny Walker Black. It's good stuff. Um, and side note, Lisa yes. likes Pete. I like Pete. She likes Pete, and it's P-E-A-T. A-T, not... <laughs> not P-E-T-E, Correct. not P-E-E-T. Correct, it's P-E-A-T. That's the... Uh, it's like there, there, and there. So let's talk about minute about the peat and we touched on this in an earlier episode we kind of touched on it with the elay um the process for the barley when you're on dry land you know you can dry out your barley and that's easy enough when you're on an island you're surrounded by water it's not going to dry out the traditional method of doing it beautiful sound is that you take this barley and you use a pitchfork and turn it so that it gets that air going through there. It kind of dries it out, makes it usable. That's churn. not going to happen. Yes. Churning. You churn the, the And there's barley. one or two in the very, very far northern regions that still do it with a pitchfork on a big floor, a threshing floor. And... Most of them have gone to machines that do it. But on the Islay, the islands, that's not going to happen. It's not going to dry out. Because of the space requirements, because... Well, no, not the space requirements. It's the water. Right. You're surrounded by water. Everything is humid. 
it's never going to dry out. We're talking about very small country and very, very small islands on the very small country or just right off to the side of them. And so it's not going to dry out. You have to use a little bit of help. And they take this peat, which is a natural substance that it's earth and leaves and all kinds of compost type stuff that's compacted over years and years. I mean, like hundreds of years. And they burn it as a fuel source. But that peat gives a flavor to the barley. And that barley then, that whole flavor is imparted onto the scotch. And so you end up with like an Ardbeg tin, which is really intensely peaty. And it's because they had to use a lot of fire with this peat, this earthy, smoky kind of flavor. And that's what you're going to find in the peat, is a very smoky, earthy, kind of grass-like flavor. And that's, again, because scotch only has three ingredients. Right, and they are water, yeast, and barley. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to use those three ingredients to create these flavors and the creation of those flavors, as Lisa is talking about, with the burning, the peatiness, and everything else like that process that imparts that flavor. Right. And it's carried through, even through the casks. Right. It, it just comes right through. Now, here's a different aspect of how intensely each distillery takes this whole process. If you go to, if you go to Glenfiddich, they have two, three different copper stills. There's two different sizes. And it's always copper. It's always copper. It's always copper, and that is why, do you think? It gives it a certain flavor. Right. And because of the way they distill it, they're, just, they're burning it, and they're distilling it. And because of the metal of the copper, it's copper is a relatively cheap metal. Mm-hmm. It lasts a long time. A really long time. And because some of these stills, when you were uh, touring, you have stills that are how old? I, I want to say they last about 50 to 70 years. Right. So you're creating a still that is right. going to last for a lifetime. Right. Literally, you're born, if you're born in the year 2000, and you create this still, right. just to make the math easy, the natural life of that still is 2070. So that, I mean, given that the uh, average age in America is 75, right. 76 years of age, that is a lifetime. But here's how intensely they take it. At the Glenfiddich Distillery, those copper stills, they're two different sizes. Well, why? That doesn't make any sense. Sure. It's because that's how it was originally done. The guy who created Glenfiddich, he was buying secondhand stills that somebody had used before. Didn't do a good job with. Or well, maybe they did. I don't know who selling, bought them from. They're selling the, the, still, the, still, the stills. So. But that's what he could afford. And so it's two different sizes. And for the consistency... They bought those same sizes even after they become one of the biggest spirits manufacturers in the world. And they can afford anything they want. They're like, nope, those two sizes. I can take it one step further. 
I went to one distillery, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head. They had replaced their still, their copper still, not long before that. You know, maybe 10 years. It had acquired some dents at some point. Because it's copper and... Copper is a very malleable type metal. And and we're dealing in time frames that are long. Yes. So, you know, it got some dents over the year. They get a brand new still, and they hire a master craftsman to go in in these brand new stills that they just spent, i got to imagine, hundreds of thousands of dollars on, and dent them. In exactly the same place. In the same place. The exact same place. I mean, they're mapping this out. We have a dent here. It's exactly this deep, this big. They're denting them because they want that insane consistency. That's the kind of care that is going into pretty much every scotch does this. I mean, they're all very, very proud of their process. Think about the thought in relating this to the finer things is that you know this works yeah they have perfected this process over hundreds of years hundreds of years and they are going especially now with technology and 3d printing and cad and all of that and the way that we can use computers and whatnot they are to keep that level of consistency in this day and age in in the 2000s when like lisa said they're incredibly proud of their process they can then go to the still and say, I'm going to dent it. In exactly this spot. In exactly this spot. For so this that it tastes the same. Exactly the same. You as a consumer have that... Expectation that, of consistency. That taste. You know what it feels like. You know what it tastes like. And that's why you're buying the product. Mm-hmm. That's why you're buying the scotch. And so the ends that they go to, to keep that level of consistency. I mean, think about that. You were buying a product right. that is 30 feet tall. A copper still is 30 foot tall. I mean, yeah, it be right. it's massive. And it's a huge, hundreds and thousands of gallons of liquid yes. go into it. And then, and then, I mean, this is, and we're in a day and age where a fabricator can make this perfectly smooth. Right. Perfectly, uh, the perfect cylinder. I mean, I, you know, all this kind of things. And then they say, you know what, we've spent X amount of dollars on this. And then we're going to go dent it. I mean, this is like you Let's had, go break it. Correct. <laughs> in just the right spot. So yep. It's like, it's, it's like you love the Mustang convertible. I love that Mustang you, convertible. You love the Mustang convertible. And all its weird little quirks. You know that this Mustang convertible has a little dent on the passenger side door. So it's, but that's my baby. That's your car. So it, it's like going to the car lot. I love this car. Mm-hmm. And you buy a brand new Ford Mustang convertible, and just using that as an example. Sure. And then you take a ball peen hammer, or in this case in the distillery, you hire somebody yeah. to take a ball peen hammer. I mean, like an expert. You're spending lots of money for this guy to come in and, and dent it. Thwack your brand new car <laughs> in just the right spot because right. that's what you like. I mean, that right. is amazing. That that's what they're trying to Another do. Another example, they've got the mash tons. They are made out of a specific type of wood, and they used to get that wood from Canada because the trees would go exceptionally tall, and they were always very straight, and it was just right. They continue to go back 
to Canada for this. And they spend tons of money bringing over these massively long planks. From that same spot. Yep. In Canada. Because that's where it was grown. That's what you as the consumer had, like Lisa said, the expectation that this is what it's going to taste like. And boom. Yeah. This is what we're trying to do. I mean, and we're trying to do this over decades. And think about it. We're not talking about one distillery. All of them do this. I have been to a new distillery. I went to one in Glasgow. It's in, I think it's in the Lowlands. And there are not a ton of distilleries in the Lowlands. There are especially not a ton in Glasgow. <coughs> Excuse me. It's getting... It's smoking here. Yeah, that's it I, is. And think about it, though. When Lisa was talking about the islands, though, the space is at a premium here. So the United Kingdom, yeah. you've got these tiny little islands. Space is at a premium, but they always have space for a distillery. <laughs> yep. I mean, think about that. Where space that is a, their industry. Is their super premium. And they're like, you know what? Here's our distillery. But as far as Glasgow, it's known as an industrial city. It's very it's very similar in a lot of ways to Cleveland. It's very industrial. It has that history to it. It has a port. It does. And it's it's a little rougher kind of city. I love it there. It's not for everybody. There was a new distillery there, and it had not yet passed that three-year mark. So think about that. So Lisa travels over there and sees a new distillery, and there is it hasn't been three years yet. And that's super important. And that's super important. So we're talking about the that new distillery. So they have haven't reached that three-year yeah, they have a critical mass because which is required by law because that's how seriously we take this. So, so when, you can tour it. They're barreling things, and the problem is they can't sell their own scotch yet. It does. It's not scotch. It's a liquor. It, it's not scotch. Right. So the business model here is that you have to wait three years to be able to sell your first bottle. And that's very important uh, because it's different from the uh, craft brewery and the uh, beer industry because when the, you know, beer you can bottle and sell and everything else like that. I mean, you can bottle it yourself and get that. Same thing with wine. You can bottle it yourself and everything. Right. And age, the aging process is very short compared to the scotch. Right. And as I think I said on the last episode, you know, you can, at the early stages, you're just making barley beer. Same process, but the scotch takes it one step further. So what did you like about that new distillery? Um, I like that it was in Glasgow. I like that it's bringing the traditional scotch of Scotland to a city that a lot of the distilleries have pieced out of that place. Kind of a renaissance of the area. Yeah. A rebirth. Yeah. One might say. And it's got the industrial sort of, it's right there in the city. It's easy walking distance. Yeah. It's an easy, accessible type of scotch. I brought Wes back a bottle. I don't know if he's popped it open yet. Maybe never. Again, it's not their scotch. Is that the one with my name on it? It is. Okay. So this particular (laughs) one, 
you can custom create your own label for it and they pop it on the bottle and it's just it's really high impact cool Wes can tell a story so right I mean Lisa brought me back so yeah it's not high end he's not gonna impress anybody with the quality of the scotch per se but you know he can tell the story and it's gonna be impressive with, my name on it. with his name on and it you don't have a scotch with your name on it. pretty baller <laughs> Pretty that, baller. That's all I know is I have a scotch with my name on it, and you don't. And that's all I know. That's impressive. And it's good to hear that you had a good experience with, uh, you know, I'll give you time to think about what yep. the best distillery you went to versus what you didn't like and what you saw. That's an impossible question to answer because well, each a, one is just a little bit different. You've got the big ones like Glenfiddich, which they're – Scotch Campus, if you will, is a beautiful area. They have a nice little pond, and it's just exquisite to look at. McAllen is beautiful in a whole different kind of way. It's not as traditional, and yet it's very blended in to the place where it's located at. You've got some that are more modern. You've got some that are very industrial each one has kind of its own beauty to it same as scotch i'm in the middle of my uh, rocky patel royale very dark very powerful in the nicotine content does pair well with the 16 year old dal yuan and it's the space side it's it pairs very well with it um I i love the labels from the united kingdom um yeah because they're way different than our labels there's no Surgeon General warning because nope. they don't have a Surgeon General. <laughs> so, but, uh, so I guess the only other thing that I really, really, truly want to add is if you get the chance to go to Scotland, and I really highly recommend it. Obviously, I didn't do the Elay region. I didn't get really far up north where you've got stuff like um, Highland Park. That's a good, nice, solid brand. Um, but you know you want to go back. and here's I know I want to go back. And if you could only go to one region, hit Speyside. Because you're going to see, God, 50, 70 different distilleries. And they're all just right there clumped together in a very small area. If you can only go to one, I mean, only one area. region, sure. hit Speyside. And- but each... Each region has its own kind of flavor, and I did a tour at Scotch Whiskey Experience in Edinburgh, which they are not a distillery. They take you through kind of here's Scotch in general. The basics. Yes, the basics. And so you got to try one from each different region. That said, you're going to expect more peatiness from the Elay. You're going to expect more fruitiness from this area. You know, if you can only hit one region, I'd say Speyside just because of the sheer number of distilleries that you'll hit. But each region's a little different. Well, and it just goes to show you that you spent eight days touring the Scotch distilleries of Scotland. Say that four times fast. And you you hadn't had a bad experience. You enjoyed Absolutely. every minute of it. And now you can get a map of Scotland. And yep. you can put it on the point where 
this is where I went, this is where I'm going to go, and now you have the ability to say, perfect. Right. I, I know where I want to go back, I know what I want to hit, and, I, right. and you've got that, that knowledge. Yep. And, and that's part of the fire of things, is that you, you've been there once, checking the box, great, phenomenal. Now you have the ability to say, this is where I want to go back, and you can yep. be like, this is where I'm going to spend my time. I hit my appetizer, and now I can kind of move on to the main course. And then from there, even narrow it down to this is my particular favorite dish. Perfect. Thank you again for listening to The Finer Things here. I am Wes, and that's Lisa. Hey. We are podcasting from the Members Only Lounge in the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Like the podcast, rate, review on iTunes, and share with your friends. Subscribe. Subscribe. Hit subscribe. We certainly appreciate it. Yep. We're going to have a website coming up here shortly. Uh, you can click through our Amazon banner and uh, mm-hmm. whatnot. Keep up. We want to make sure that Lisa gets back to Scotland. So let's help her out. Yes, please. And he needs to go as well. <laughs> so thanks again. So how can we reach you on all the social medias? Uh, at Instagram at Jet Set Lawyer. And I'm at, Intricate Girl. And uh, let us know what you like, what you want to hear. And we'll go from there. Yep. Till next time. All right. Bye.